Hi, I'm Maria Jacobs. A planter or a member of the original team um, when we were brought together to form this congregation. Now I'm co-leader of the hospitality team, a member of the equipping team, that's so far Frank and I and, and Kathy, um, and the drama team, and basically wherever it's needed, like being here today, even though it's a little bit scary. And if I could only sing, I'd be in the band. <laughs> um, last week someone asked me if I worked here, um, and the way I see it is that we are all working here. Um, there's no them, there's no they, there's really only we and us here. Um, and some of us have been walking a clearly defined spiritual path for years. Some of us are newer to this or to this one. Um, and I was thinking about it, and no one is here because we have to be. We're here because we've all chosen to be together. There's no stick, and there's no even guaranteed carrot. We're here because we want to be, and I just think that's really cool. Um, so thank you for letting us have this time. What I'm going to speak about today is a brief history of the development of the beliefs and values here at Wellsprings and some thoughts about how they can serve to ground us as we walk down our individual spiritual paths. It's kind of Wellsprings 101. You know, Reverend Ken, he can weave um, messages where he talks about four or five different spiritual philosophers covering four or five different eras. But, you know, we do have something wonderful here, um, our own stuff that we can focus on and, and, and be with together today. And I wanted to kind of go back to that original stuff together. You know, we don't have any dogma um, to tell us what we must believe to be a part of Wellsprings, but we do have a discernible foundation for our spiritual growing. So here's a brief history. Many of you know it by now. Some of you don't, so here it is. Um, in October 2005, a group of 10 of us, several who are in this room right now, um, led by Ken, were formed to bring into being a UU congregation out west here, sponsored by the Mainline Unitarian Congregation in Devon, began part by participating in what is now called um, Wellsprings 2.0, which is a very cool name, um, or really listening to our lives, our foundational springboard, um, which are small groups for spiritual growth. Um, brief commercial. If you haven't taken Wellsprings 2.0, that's the reason why you walked up that long white path, so make sure to sign up the next time it's offered. Commercial's over now. Then in the spring of 2006, we started the planning for starting worship services around July. We actually ended up not starting them until July, until January of 2007. But when we started planning it, we saw that it wasn't going to work because we didn't feel grounded enough in the why of having services. We knew that we were all capable enough on the how. We knew we could get a building, we could have chairs, we could have a band, we could... Um, invite people, we could start. Um, but we needed to um, really take some time to ask ourselves, why? Why start a church out here? What is it all about? While we were in this part of our planning, we hired Tom Bandy. He's the author of one of the books. is called Growing Spiritual Redwoods, and he leads training workshops for congregations of all denominations um, in religious organizations about growing or fixing their congregations. Um, and we were challenged in a weekend-long retreat that after hearing our reasons for forming a church, um, he, he felt at the last thing he said, we, you know, we did this week-long retreat about forming a congregation and what are the things that successful congregations do and how do they um, communicate with each other and what are their groundings and everything. And at the very last thing, the last 20 minutes that he was with us, we said, okay, so you know, what do you think? And we, wanted, we expected that since we were paying him, he would give us some praise. But instead, <laughs> what he said was, you know, I have a, really, I have a feeling that behind the mist is more missed. And we, we thought, oh, oh, and that kind of stung. That's not really good. 
So we decided we needed to discern why to have a UU congregation, and we needed to discern who we are for, what do we stand for, what do we believe, and what does that mean for how we act towards and with each other. And that's hard for UUs. You know, we don't like to tell anybody what to do. Um, does anybody here watch the Colbert Report? Anyone? You know the one that's on after John Stewart? Um, so he's a, it's a comedy show. Um, two Christmas seasons ago, Stephen, he's like, sits at a news desk, and he was like bantering with his cameraman. And he said, um, I'm not going to do an impression, but here's, here's how it went. It was right before Christmas. And he said to the cameraman, Bobby, what's your religion? And Bobby, the cameraman, says, uh, I'm Unitarian. Oh, so you're a Christian too. Bobby, well, I incorporate Christian values as well as aspects of many other religious traditions in my belief in God. And I don't mean to imply that I necessarily believe God exists or doesn't exist or that it even matters to him or it or whoever or what I do or do not believe. What's important is that it's my choice and that's what holds the Unitarians together. <laughs> and uh, that went all around the circles with Unitarians. So I just thought that was funny. My name is Maria Christine, so you can guess that I grew up Catholic. Every Sunday, no matter what or where, or else you're a sinner, go to church, no questions, prescribe beliefs, our way or the highway. And even after I declined to confirm my Catholic faith, and even after my raised Jewish husband and I found Unitarian Universalism, I'd never questioned what it meant to be called Christian. I mean, how much the world assumes that one is Christian, equaling good, good Christian, not even evangelical Christian or fundamentalist Christian, just plain old large category basic Christian. And I started to see the world in a different way as I looked at other ways of seeking meaning. I began asking myself, what's at the core of what I believe God to be? And I opened my eyes to how much a person not raised to believe in Jesus as God might always feel like an outsider or how the world is really, really oriented around one way of believing. I mean, for instance, schools are closed on Good Friday. I mean, that's, when I thought about that as a Catholic girl, that kind of blew my mind. Then I put myself in category, in that category and opened my eyes. I saw the world one way and it wasn't even, I wasn't even aware that I was doing it. Okay, so back to the ten of us with similar experiences trying to find a way to express what we as a congregation would declare. We wanted to create a welcoming place for spiritual seekers, but we didn't want to assume, accidentally or not, one way of looking at things. So everybody do me a favor. Everybody put your hands together. Okay, okay now everybody take your hands apart and put the other index finger on top. Doesn't that feel weird? and you don't even know that you're doing it, you don't even know that you have the one way to do it. So can we stand on solid ground defined by what we're not? How can we define our inclusiveness to many ways to walk our spiritual path? This was a challenge we gave ourselves, and it was fun. We, what we created carefully, was created carefully word by word, was Wellspring's values and beliefs. Firm ground to walk on. So our first stated belief here at Wellsprings is closest to my heart, a source beyond single definition. We believe we can experience God without being able to define God. The divine is unlimited by any single text, gender, or dogma. We come to know the divine by living fully, loving generously, and being who we are called to be. Now, this is not an original idea. This was largely inspired by John Spong, a radical Episcopalian, I think Bishop is his title, Bishop whose book we read during our um, listening to our lives at 2.0.
And believe me, we carefully discussed each word here. We had a whole meeting where we decided, discussed whether or not even to use the word God, right? And whether or not to capitalize it. It was, it's hard to talk about those seeking spirit, it's hard to talk about spirituality without using common religious words. At first, I, I was wildly uncomfortable using some of the words like faith, church, and God, because being raised Catholic, I had thought I had kind of rejected it. You know, I'm going to church, my church, my minister. I didn't want people to think I was, you know, that kind of person. But as I started to embrace and celebrate what we hear about Wellsprings, I've decided that I own these words too. I, these words have the meaning that I mean them to have. And then if you don't know me well enough to know that I embrace many ways to believe in God, she rocks, that either we'll get to know each other soon or that it just doesn't matter. And I'm not the only one on our planning team that felt this way, and that in fact it has been a common experience for many of us, so much so that we wanted to be open about it to declare it to the world, speaking a living language of faith. We embrace words like God, spirit, and faith to guide us as we define our ever-evolving faith. Our spiritual voice offers a choice beyond either secularism or fundamentalism. We can find our own way. We can use these words, and it's okay. Okay, so now what? Now I've let these words stop strangling me with their definitions. I can walk on the spiritual path a bit lighter. Do you have any words that are roadblocks for you? That get in your way when you try and think about meaning of life questions? What I've found is that I can find the good in things and let go of the rest. I can feel the world and its blessings, and I can teach my children to see God in everyday life. She's everywhere. Last summer, we got to stay at some friend's house in a small lake in the Poconos. I was watching my husband, John, and our children, Jake and Lily, paddling around the lake as the sun was waning. When they were on the other side of the lake, I watched them pause for a long while. They weren't paddling. They weren't looking over the side at the fish, and they weren't fighting. They were just drifting. Um, And they really quietly paddled back. And I was like, what are you doing? I said, we're Indians. I said, oh, okay. Um, that was cool. And I, had a little, I have a little video of that. It was really special to me. But what John told me later was that after they had paddled out to the middle of the lake, and you can kind of see it's, it, what, you can see how it's reflecting. It was one of those times when the lake, it's like, it almost looks like two lakes. One is above and one is below. Um, they, packed out, they paddled out to the middle of the lake, and then the kids stopped, and they were looking around. Then Lily, who was five at the time, stopped, and she said, Let's just sit here in silence like we do at Wellsprings. And they did. That was really cool. The burning bush is blazing everywhere. We believe that the Spirit talks to us in our everyday experiences and relationships. Through daily spiritual awareness, we aspire to better understand where these conversations are leading us in our lives. Where are the burning bushes in your life? You know, find time. Be it in the car, driving, although I know that's hard sometimes. But if it's, if it's a mellow time, maybe just walking to the mailbox, taking the trash to the curb, to breathe in slowly, and exhale. This is our church. Our beliefs and values are here for you. There's copies on the back table. They're on the website. There are many more the, than these I've referred to today. They are the ground we walk on down our spiritual path. I'm just so happy that we're here to get together, creating the spiritual community with each other. So here's Frank. Thank you, Maria. That was really great, really, really wonderful. And um, I think what you're going to hear from me are some of the same themes, but from um, my personal perspective. When Ken and Kathy uh, asked Maria and me to lead today's service, I was um, honored, of course, and more than a little nervous, as you can probably tell. 
but I was also secretly thrilled because for many years as a good Catholic boy, I listened in the pew with awe and envy as the priest shared his scriptural interpretations and impressed us with his wisdom. I would often fantasize about doing the same, holding large groups of people in rapt attention as I plied them with my knowledge and insight. You know, to some extent, um, years of teaching college courses largely satisfied that desire and actually revealed to me the gritty challenge and hard work that was the truth behind that fantasy. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. But nonetheless, that fantasy was yet again stirred when I thought about the opportunity to share my thoughts with all of you here today. Um, until earlier this week, though, when I woke up Monday morning in panic and sweating. You know, I was like, my, my bed sheets were soaked. I was wet, you know, perspiration pouring down my temples. And I thought to myself, my God, what do I have to say? How will I keep their attention? Do I have any pearls of wisdom or insight or even humor to offer on this last Sunday in June? You know, in the end, I felt that perhaps I do have something to say, and um, I decided to leave the rest to you. Uh, but my hope is that what I do share this morning will resonate with you in some small way. What I want to tell you about is why Wellsprings inspires me personally and why I think it should inspire all of us here. And let me give it to you in a nutshell. Wellsprings is the only place that I know of that gives each of us the opportunity, thanks to the hard work and foresight of the planting team, the opportunity to grow and nurture our own personal spiritual life and to participate in this grand experiment that is the creation of the Wellsprings community. As we seek out our own spiritual path with the broad frame, within the broad framework of the core values and beliefs that Maria mentioned, we also help to nurture the soil in which Wellsprings congregation as a whole will continue to grow and thrive into the future. I find this to be really exciting. And let me give you my personal story so that you may better understand why I feel this way. Like many of you and like Maria, um, I was born into an established religious tradition. In, many, in my case, that religious tradition was 2,000 years old, or nearly 2,000 years old when I was born. It had well-defined rules. It had established institutions, and liturgical traditions that uh, provided a service for nearly every day of the year, property all over the world, plenty of money, and a strong, devoted, worldwide supply of believers. I was, in effect, handed a spiritual fait accompli. As a Catholic like Maria, or anyone born into an established faith tradition like this, my spiritual path was laid out before me. I had only to choose to follow that clearly marked and heavily trodden road. And I did for nearly 25 years. I briefly attended Catholic school. I was confirmed, received my first Holy Communion by the time I was eight. Um, after leaving Catholic school, I continued to attend Sunday school classes. I went to confession regularly, as Catholics, you know, as any Catholics in the room, you know what that means. I attended Mass every Sunday. I attended on holy days. I began going to religious retreats by the age of 16 with my father. I was, for all intents and purposes, a model Catholic. But around the age of 24, 25, as I began preparing to leave home and go off to graduate school, I had become quite disenchanted, even skeptical, and worse, cynical about most belief systems, whether they were political or social or economic or spiritual. 
In fact, it became the focus of my research as a graduate student and as a scholar. I wanted to try and unravel and explain people's belief systems. Why do they believe the things they do? Why is somebody a liberal or a conservative? Why do they hold these values and not those values? How does it inform their lives and help them make decisions? I struggled with this personally, and I wanted to understand it more broadly. At the same point in my life, I had become quite enamored uh, with the methods of scientific inquiry, with its focus on reason and logic, hypotheses that could be falsified, and a strong reliance upon the observation of physical reality as the final determinant of truth. The fact that there are so many different political, economic, social, and spiritual belief systems was, for me, actually further proof that none was actually likely to be true. They often could be dangerous, and even more to the point, proving any one of them to be false was nearly impossible. Now, the impact of my spiritual life was actually quite profound. I quite consciously at that age decided to abandon religious tradition, my religious tradition and religion and faith altogether, um, the one into which I had been raised, and I, just, and I chose a faith in science instead. In fact, my cynicism reached such a point that the very idea of committing myself to anything, anything other than the tenets of scientific reason was to me naive, immature, uh, foolish, and very likely to lead to disappointment or even worse, embarrassment. For me, you could not have a meaningful spiritual life and be an objective scientific interpreter of the human condition, which is what I wanted to be. The two were diametrically opposed. Now, I want you to know, uh, just as an aside, that I did understand on an intellectual level uh, from people like Joseph Campbell, who I'd read and seen interviewed, that a spiritual life, a yearning for the transcendent, was an essential part of the human condition. But I was never able to make this a part of my personal experience, and to a large extent, my commitment to science as the truth, of, as the source of all truth, remained my point of view until I became involved here at Wellsprings. That's not to say that I've abandoned my faith in scientific inquiry, only that I've broadened my perspective on how we find truth in our lives. Now, I came to Wellsprings more than a year ago, and I tell you all this as background, but I came to Wellsprings more than a year ago and several months before we actually started having public services. Uh, and my engagement with the Wellsprings community first occurred in what Maria referred to, the Wellsprings 2.0 or listening to our lives. I came here actually... Um, tired, vulnerable, looking for a place to rest, a place to make friends, and to recharge. And I found all those things here. But even more than that, I found a point of view about our spiritual lives that helped me understand my own personal struggles and put my spiritual journey into a meaningful context. I had many breakthroughs during this program. Uh, reading people like John Spong that Maria referred to and Thich Nhat Hanh that we quote every, every Sunday, Anne Lamont and Paul Tillich that, uh, that uh, Ken often refers to, each of whom revealed spirit, a spirituality that was simultaneously broad and deeply personal. However, it was during one of the exercises at the end of the program where the pieces actually all began to fall together for me. At, the, at this uh, one meeting, Ken asked us to draw four images of God or the divine. One, as we imagined God when we were small children or young. Another, uh, the God that we imagined in our teenage years. The third was to be something a bit more recent. And the four, final image was what image of God was now emerging for us. My images were crude. I don't draw very well in um, 
Where's Frank? Frank can attest to that. I'm in the, I'm in the, the painting, spiritual painting class, um, springboard, and I, I kind of hide my drawings from everybody. But they were very crude. But nonetheless, they actually spoke something very meaningful to me. Um, my first drawing, I drew the God of the Old Testament, sitting in heaven above it all, beautiful, serene, with waiting and open arms. The next I drew the God of the New Testament, which is Jesus, of course, being a Catholic, hanging from the cross, suffering and dying for my sins. It was very bloody and gruesome. Um, the third was the most interesting to me. I drew, well, the last two, actually. The third I drew a God peeking out from behind a large black object, kind of just looking over the edges with just eyes and hands, behind which I had hidden him. And my final drawing, she does rock, by the way. <laughs> My final, drawing, my final drawing was simply a door with the words, enter here, written on it, and a hallway that kind of led off into, into the infinite distance. And for me, the words, enter here, were as much a question as they were a direction. Enter here? And through, through these drawings, I saw in summary form my personal spiritual path. Even when I actively ignored any kind of spiritual life, as I described a few minutes ago, I was paradoxically still on a spiritual journey. Now I can see all the Buddhists in the room saying, well, yeah, of course, that's pretty obvious. Uh, but, but more importantly, um, listening to our lives helped me reframe all of the earlier images of the divine that I struggle with and prepared me to step through the door toward a new and very different vision of a spiritual life. A vision that recognizes that there, and I'm going to sort of quote from our core values and beliefs, that there are many streams of faith that flow to the same ocean and many paths paved with grace and wisdom which to, upon which to explore our faith. You can find these words, as I said, among our core beliefs, and I find them to be very comforting. Here at Wellsprings, I've begun the process of recreating my faith, not through dogmatic adherence to one vision of the divine, but in the conviction that the human condition is one in which we are seeking stronger connections with each other, deeper meaning in our lives, the fulfillment of those God-shaped holes that Ken likes, is so fond of mentioning. I'm quite convinced that, it, in fact, it's not the belief system that really matters. What really matters is what inspires each of us. If we're inspired to be more compassionate, if we're inspired to give of our time or our treasure, if we're inspired to transform our local community in some way, if we're inspired to bring peace where there's strife, if we're inspired to simply become mindful of our everyday existence, then I believe we're me living meaningful spiritual lives that will fill those God-shaped holes and help others fill their God-shaped holes as well. In the end, what truly inspires me about Wellsprings is the fact that such a place actually exists, that a group of people with a vision and a lot of hard work have provided the soil for the creation of a wonderful and exceptional spiritual community, a spiritual community that invites each of us to become stewards of our own spiritual growth and in so doing become the stewards of the Wellspring community. Now, a few weeks ago, some of us went to work on Maisie's farm and I think others may have just gone there yesterday. And I was, a few weeks ago, I went to that, that uh, time. And Maisie's is an organic farm that participates in the Gleanings program that we mentioned here at the beginning. Sam Maisie, the owner, uh, a couple weeks ago, gave us a long talk 
on the importance of growing good soil, hence the title today. And he quite dramatically reminded us that the soil is the very foundation of our food supply. Without soil, good soil, he pointed out, we'll all perish. It's the base of the pyramid. His talk reminded me that it's important for us here at Wellsprings to grow that good soil so that Wellsprings can continue to grow. And to do that, we must nurture ourselves through our spiritual practice, through involvement in a springboard, making a new friend, living our lives in a way that is present and conscious, um, by turning outward and serving others. Whatever we do to nurture our spiritual growth and help to grow the good soil that is Wellsprings, we must recognize that we are the soil, and through our own spiritual practices and involvement in the Wellsprings community, we will become a healthy garden where others can come to be nurtured and to nurture. Blessings.